Sounds like you're ready. <laughs> and we are rolling. No topic off limits. Tough questions, manly perspective. Welcome to the unsafe space. Welcome to the unsafe space, Dax. Thanks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, here we are in the unsafe space. We're going to have another conversation today about a controversial topic or... Maybe a controversial topic. We'll let you guys be the judge of that. Stuff that other people <laughs> don't necessarily talk about or things that have been left by the wayside, mm-hmm. wisdom-wise. Exactly. All right, so... <clears throat> let's see. Manly cool. moments for the week. So, every week, um, or every podcast, we're going to get this going <laughs> every week... Um, like we're going to start things out with something called a manly moment. So Dax, do you want to explain to us today what a manly moment is? Yeah. And in fact, in explaining it, I think I'm going to share one that, um, isn't something that I did, but, um, so manly you, moment is something that shows either protecting, providing, presiding. Those are the roles of a man. Um, and today just to kind of introduce it. And maybe this or can something count as really mine. cool. Yeah, or something super bad, eh? So video games do not count for nope. the nine hundredth time. Yeah, video games suck. Anyway, <laughs> um, just getting on a little more serious note. Um, Which we've caught some flack for that, by the way. Before we keep going, the video game thing. Yeah. yeah. Have you had people talk to you outside about that? Yeah, and like my whole perspective with the whole thing is pretty consistent with like what I said earlier. I just yeah. If you want to check out for an hour, great. Yeah. But when it becomes, I need to escape. Yeah. Or you neglect like important things in your life, then. Yep, exactly. I've had people coming up to me. Hey, your brother and you think think I'm a loser, huh? No, you're not a loser. But if the shoe fits. <laughs> no, but yeah. it's like it's exactly like what you said. If if you need it to just relax and unwind for an hour, no biggie. But if you're living through it, if that's your manly moment. <laughs> Time to recalibrate a little bit. Yeah, time to come back to real life. Turn off the matrix, bro. Take the red pill. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so in order to share this manly moment, um, I don't think I'm going to share one about me just because I wanted to well, share this one to, instead. So you can share this one too. Okay, I'm, then I'll share two. But um, share them this one to explain what it is, okay. and then you give yours, I give mine. Suena bien. So. Um, I get a lot of time to think on, so I, we live in northern Utah, or we live in southern Utah, but we're from northern Utah, so we get, I get a lot of a chance to drive back and forth between Kaysville and, and St. George. It's about a four and a half hour drive, depending on how fast you go. Um, but <laughs> I can do it in four. <clears throat> All right, bro. Anyway, but it's kind of, at first it was kind of a drag to, to go on those drives for me, but then it slowly become like the time I look forward to almost in order to clear my head, think about things. And most recently, just on my drive up, I just barely got back into town, but on the way up, I was thinking a lot about um, <clears throat> some of the role models in my life, and specifically my grandfathers, obviously our, our grandpas. And um, it's kind of cool to consider their backgrounds and what they did. Both of them came from, I mean, they're very different people, I think. I never met my, my grandpa on my, my mom's side, and I'm not trying to get into all this, but... Um, 
it's interesting to consider what I think would be their similarities and their differences. Um, but they do have a lot in common. From what I, I mean, when yeah. Grandpa Lyle passed away, I was seven. Yeah, so but you I know. was but I was tight with him. Right. But you don't see outside relationships and how they function. But what I've been able to hear, Grandpa Lyle and Grandpa Phil were good. They they were friends. They liked each other. Yeah, totally. And when considering their background, they both came from a household that wasn't very well off, and they had a lot very of kids. Very poor. Very poor. In fact, both of them had um, pretty like hard circumstances growing up. You know, um, <clears throat> I'm not going to go into those any of those stories. But as I thought we could about do a whole some podcast of podcast on that, sometime that'd be cool. That'd be a good one. Anyway, I was thinking about Grandpa Phil and um, just. My last conversation with him, he passed away recently, and, and this isn't going to be all about this, but I had a conversation with him because I started to call him on a regular basis when he was kind of going downhill, and I wanted to keep in contact with him, make sure he knew that like I still cared about him and everything, um, even though I wasn't necessarily close and couldn't visit him in person. But my last conversation with him, um, he told me about how when he adopted dad, um, for those who don't know, my dad was adopted by his biological uncle, who we call Grandpa Phil. And so... Who's he, his his father? It's his father, 100%. Yeah. But He's not... Wasn't the sperm donor, but he is the father. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, he told me... <clears throat> Grandpa Phil had a, a passion. Um, everyone who knew him knew that he loved softball. And it was something that he was really into. Fast pitch softball. Yeah. There's and a difference between softball and fast pitch softball. And he was really good, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, heard a lot of stories about that and his competitive edge, which has been super endearing. But um, in order to, he he worked, I think, two jobs for like the majority of Three, his life. Actually. Three jobs. Three jobs while he was bishop and had five kids. Yeah. The guy was busy and he worked <laughs> his tail off and. It's something that I've come to to think about and, you know, think about how good we have it now. So anyway, um, throughout all that, I I assume fast pitch softball was his out because it was kind of his the only thing that he did just for him. And um, in order to adopt dad, when um, when the time came and the opportunity showed itself, he ended up having to raise a little bit of extra money. And so for a season, he told me on this phone call, instead of playing fast pitch softball, he decided to umpire instead so they could raise the money to adopt dad. So on top of working all those jobs and taking care of his responsibilities in the church and on top of, you know, taking care of his family in general, he was umpiring rather than having that, that outlet that he was used to in order to, to adopt dad and, I just think that's one of the manliest things that you can possibly do is sacrifice for those around you. And it's kind of a legacy that I hope to continue. I don't know. That was kind of my moment of reflection, thinking about that on that's the way up. That's a perfect example of what a manly moment is, or what a man is, yeah. I, I would say. Exactly. So, all right, that's a good introduction to manly moments, Dax. Long intro. Long intro, but Dax, what was your manly moment from the last week? Um, or this, since the last podcast, we'll give you that. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, one, um, manly <clears throat> moment. I mean, we've already talked a lot about like cars and cars breaking down, but, um, I got a call from my roommate and his car was dead. So I went and helped him out and, um, showed him how to jump a car, you know, 
Awesome. Which one to put on first so you don't get electrocuted. You know, all the basics, but... Yeah, it's a great manly moment because it's a manly moment that can be passed on for future manly moments. When your <laughs> friend teaches his next dumb buddy how to jump a car. <laughs> it's just a perpetual thing, I guess. What about you, Quaid? was your manly moment? Um, well, it wasn't this week, but last week, my wife and I actually bought our first home. So, can that count? That totally counts, man. Awesome. So... Yeah, we, about that, we're really, really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. So time to own our own place and not just nice, not just uh, light our rent money on fire. It's going to go into some equity, some equity moving forward. And we're really excited about that. We've got a nine-month-old daughter who might be being put to bed right now by my wife so the extra commentary we can hear in the background yeah if we hear any screaming (laughs) there's no torture happening it's just bedtime yeah so but no we're really excited to to move into a house with our daughter and uh you know be homeowners and kind of start that american dream right so cool work your work your tail off buy a home raise a family that's what it's all about that especially falls under the uh provide section so you're providing something pretty cool for your your family man that's a home a house that can become a home you know yeah we're excited so thank you yeah of course all right so So jumping into the topic okay so the topic this week uh is actually something i wrote this past week and i'm gonna actually let dax introduce it uh this this go around since i wrote it yep so i'm just gonna go ahead and read it real quick shouldn't take too long um, <clears throat> said growing up, us peak kids were taught by our father and he had, and had his, this lesson reinforced to us by our mother countless times that there is, that there are two keys to happiness here. Now let's talk about the first key balance. It's a simple concept, but eternally difficult to master. Many don't understand the concept, its purpose or importance. Many people complicate it or seek to seek it in the extremities of life. And so many others seek to understand it only to, ironically, fall out of balance in their in their search. Basing his teaching on the biblical verse found in Luke 2.52, the only known scripture that explains how Christ attained perfection in his life, our Father explained that there are four aspects to a balanced individual and a balanced life. Those four aspects to balance are mental, physical, spiritual, and social. Our dad explained that no one is perfect, and so the pursuit of balance, while able, while able to make one happier, more successful, and simply better in all respects, is not a pursuit of perfection. In fact, other than Christ himself, no one would be able to attain perfect balance in his life. He further explained that a balanced life would lead to a happy life. Lies, uh, which would lead to a happy life, lies not in, the, in perfect balance, but in the pursuit of balance at all times across the four areas of life. One day you might look at yourself and think, I've been placing too much emphasis on the gym and, and have neglected my friends. That means it's time to recalibrate. Or you might think, I've been studying and working super hard lately, but I have left my spirituality by the wayside. Recalibrate. You get the idea. Recalibrate, recalibrate, recalibrate. Do it enough times and eventually you'll find yourself coming closer to an ideal, balanced life. And that will bring happiness and satisfaction on a level you hadn't thought possible. So there's the number one key to happiness. Balance. Simple enough. No one said it was easy, though. 
Yep. Like it, man. All right, so he did always teach us that there are two keys to happiness. We're going to keep the second key a secret for a future podcast. But the first one is balance. And it's something that I think a lot of people, they come across the idea of balance and they like it, but they don't realize how important it really is. Or they'll realize how important it is, but not understand the four pillars of a balanced life that need to be had. In Luke 2.52, um, I'm going to just do it from memory as best I can, but it says, increased. Jesus increased in stature and in wisdom and in favor with God and man. So right there, we've got the four points to a perfect life. We're not trying to make this a religious podcast or a Sunday school, but if you're basing perfection on the ideal, that is the perfect human, Christ. Okay, so this is how he achieved perfection. First, he increased in stature, right? That's uh, that's physical, or that might be the second one. Yeah, right? those first okay. two are switched, but it's all good. Okay, and then in wisdom, that's mental, in favor with God, spiritual, in favor with man, social. One thing I do find that compared to what our dad taught us, a lot of people will say there's four things in life you have to balance, and they'll say physical, mental, spiritual, and then instead of social, they'll say emotional. And I go, ah, so close. You almost had it. And See, I, think I they, hear people replace um, mental for emotional a lot of the time. Yeah, too. and it's like the, you almost had it. But what I would say to those people is emotions come from having those things in order or out of order those those four base things mental physical spiritual social those are the four things that we base our lives on and bring us happiness and they're always out of whack a little bit because nobody's perfect but if we think of it as like a double-edged seesaw with four points to it um Whoa. then at, if you think about it like that, it's always a little bit out of whack, but as you strive to balance it... Just don't let one hit the floor. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Then all things are kind of raised up in yeah, a way. So. Totally. And I, I've always thought of like emotional health as like a subcategory of mental health. Mm-hmm. It's like if someone's having a hard time with like negative emotion a lot of the time, that is because their mental health's out of whack. Yeah. And mental isn't just emotion. You would include like, I think, work and education. Yeah. You know, formal or informal education underneath that as well. So Definitely. And, I mean, there there are things that emotions come... You can see how emotion can come out of these four things. Emotion comes from being in or out of shape. Emotion comes from having good or bad physical or mental health. It comes from having friends or not having friends. Major emotions there. Spiritual stuff. You know, you might be carrying some guilt or shame around that you need to get taken care of. Or you might be on cloud nine because you're doing great, right? Or because you're dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, it works out either way. So (laughs) ignorance is bliss. Tis folly to be wise. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of the first key to happiness that we've been able to identify. And it's crazy because our, my dad, or our dad, he taught it to me uh, when I think I was about 14 years old. And so Dax might have had the benefit of being raised in in balance mentality for a little bit longer. That's why but, I've reached Zen sooner. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> no, but it's it's kind of interesting because it's, it's a lesson. I, I think about my daughter, 
and I'm going to teach this lesson to my daughter. But it's, it's an interesting lesson to teach because you're basically saying, hey, kid, I love you. Here's the secret to happiness in life. But you're always going to be constantly failing at it. Yeah. But at that, even with that constant failure, you still have to strive for it. And in the striving, you achieve happiness. Totally. And I think you just like hit it on the head right there talking about the striving part because I find that like, I don't know, Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. Who obviously, Uncle Jordan. Uncle Jordan. Yeah, our Canadian uncle. Anyway. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the Kermit the Frog, right? It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Dang, we need to get him on our podcast. We need to get him on here. Yeah. Jordan Peterson, if you want to join our podcast at any point in time. Just give us a call. Give us my a number call. is, no, I'm not giving you guys my number. Anyway, um, <laughs> get some funky people giving you a call. Oh man, if anyone listens to this. <laughs> anyway, um, he talks about how it's really not in the the fleeting you know mountaintop that you reach that this that like true satisfaction is had in life. Like you said, it's the pursuit of happiness. It's when you're climbing the hill that you have the most meaning in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that is often overlooked because I mean. You can tell, like, you can work really hard, for example, in college, and you get to the point where you graduate, and it's great for a day, <laughs> and then the next day, you're the lowest on the totem pole at work, you know yep. what I mean? Like, uh-huh. you gotta work your way up. So really, the true or satisfaction... you get a blood clot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're Quaid, you get a blood clot, and then just for the extra drama, right? Hey, I studied really hard for those finals. Yeah, that's probably a result of too much caffeine. But hey, that's, that's <laughs> another story. I almost died the day I graduated, but hey, I graduated, okay? You done graduated. I did it. Anyway, um, we'll come back to that another time, maybe. Yeah, so it's not in those like fleeting moments of like when you actually achieve something that I think the, the most satisfaction is had in life. I think it's the, the pursuit, like you mentioned there. So Yeah. And just talking about how we achieve happiness in these areas, um, you know, it, something that popped into my head is just because you know you're not going to be perfect in any one of these doesn't excuse you from striving for that perfection. So you might go, oh, well, you know, I, I think I've got I've, this ideal in my head of what I want to look like. I want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Well, shoot, I, I haven't been doing what I should be doing, but that's that's impossible. I'm not going to get that, so I'm just not even going to try. You don't have an excuse to not try for that perfection. You still have to strive for it, and in the striving for it, you're going to get closer to it, even if you don't fully achieve it. You should still shoot for that, mm-hmm. if that if that makes sense. Totally. And you might realize, okay, I've been doing really good with my physicality. I've been hitting the gym. I've been eating right. I've been I'm I'm looking great oh, shoot, I haven't talked to my friends in six months, right? Mm-hmm. Or I haven't uh, been keeping up spiritually like I should. Or it's been yeah, whenever, a year since I read a book or whatever it is. Yeah, whenever there's like an excuse for inaction that's never productive, I was in this this meeting. I sell with Aptiv, just do pest control during the summer. And um, I was in a meeting and, and the CEO got up super awesome guy his name is Bess um but he was talking a little bit about balance in life and and he mentioned that like during the summer like you're just not going to be balanced you're focused so much on just work and things and and honestly you pretty much don't have a social life outside of your sales team and whoever you meet on the doors but so I mean there are there are aspects to suffer but I remember him saying like so just don't worry about it and I was like 
it's true that you're not going to ever achieve like balance in your life. You know, you're never going to have that perfect balance. But I do think that whenever there's an excuse made for inaction, that that is generally unhealthy and it's not really a good perspective. And it's true. I mean, during the, during the summer, I'm not disagreeing with him. You are overly focused on work. Yes, and and there are periods of time in your life, dad taught us this too, there are periods of time in your life where you do have to go hammer down hard on one of these things so that you can bring it up to where it needs to be. True. Um, If if you don't have any friends, you should focus on getting out there and making friends. Yeah. That's, That's important. Or if you're not dating, you need to focus on dating. If you're married, you need to focus on your marriage and keeping that up. And when you're married, not closing your world off, but expanding your world still. Ooh, yeah, that's that, a good one. That's a big one too. There's so many a lot guys of people... that I know that, especially like in my stage of life, because a lot of my friends are getting married and you just see them drop off like flies, you know? Yeah. Kinda interesting. And to be honest, we could probably do a podcast on each one of these areas yeah. by itself. Yeah, for but, um, yeah, I mean. The balance series. <laughs> with, with what Dax was saying, with what you were saying about. Uh, this guy at your work, though, you know, summer sales jobs, those are the types of jobs that it is a sprint when you're doing it, though. Right. You get and with three like, months on, three, four months to go hard, and then you've got, you know, eight, nine months off. Exactly. Right? If you're doing something like me, I'm also in sales, but I'm doing it day in, day out, all year round. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more of a marathon than a sprint. And so... It, it's actually helpful to me to go, okay, I need to make sure I'm keeping myself, my sanity healthy. Mm-hmm. I need to keep myself in balance because it's easy to fall out of balance. It's easy to say, oh, I could stay one more hour and, oh, shoot, I just missed my baby going to bed. Or, yeah. shoot, I just missed dinner with my wife. Or, uh, hey, it's easy to do those things, but eventually those other things start to slip and that's not so good either. Yeah. Um, you know, don't work. do something once if you don't want it to become a habit. It, yeah, sure. But it's, it's just important to remember to stay in balance. And as you strive for that balance, you know, you, you just achieve that happiness. You, you see these guys that are workaholics. Jordan Peterson talks about it. They're those type A personalities. You gave them a, a hatchet. They just start chopping trees for no reason because that's what you do with a hatchet. And, you know, those and guys clear, do have their charm, though. And they, yeah. <laughs> but they, they, they'd clear the forest and go, okay, where's the next forest? Yep. Versus a guy who's going, okay, I can chop the tree, then I can, you know, use it to build, build this and build a house and then use the house for this and then go chop more trees when I need a fire and I guess that's still whatever else. But it's, it's a, there's a more balanced approach to things versus I'm going to chop down the whole forest because I'm going to be the best forest chopper in the world. <laughs> exactly. And, and those guys are the ones that you see running the huge companies and doing everything else. But a lot of times, sadly enough, they're the guys you see with two divorces and six kids and four of the six hate them. Yeah. Well, that's why you can't like be jealous of like one person's one aspect of their life. Like I, it's, you got to be jealous of their entire life. If you, are thinking to yourself, oh, you know, I wish I had so-and-so's, you know, career, you got to take into consideration, well, what I want his personal life as well. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. But um, one thing is that also is interesting to me is and one of the strengths of kind of framing your life in terms of balance and especially these four aspects is that 
if you, let's say you're having a hard time, you know, COVID-19 happens and you have some sort of setback in one aspect of your life, right? Something totally out of your control. The good thing is if one area of your life suffers, you got three more to fall back on. And it's a lot harder for you to just come, come completely unraveled because you're a lot more of a put together person, right? Definitely. I think of, when I think of balance, this might sound a little bit cheesy, but um, like the ultimate like dude, I think of the Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> yeah. That story, like Edmund Dantes goes in and he, he learns a lot from the priest, right? He teaches him all these things. He develops himself mentally, physically. So moral of the story, balance and, and revenge will bring you happiness. Exactly. So, <laughs> no, but what's cool is that it's like he's not just a brain. He can also fight. He can also, but you know, he has both aspects. He's also very He's adept socially. And social. yeah. yeah, like when you, you know, the way he works with people is freaking amazing. So it's yeah. like some guys in their life they pursue something like, oh, I want to have the most zeros in my bank account. Others are trying to become. I think it'd be even better to become someone that's like the Count of Monte Cristo, just like the ultimate person in every. aspect in every situation you just know exactly how to act and you do it really really well i agree a hundred percent and to your point nothing wrong with having the most zeros in your bank account no and that's great he did (laughs) and i don't want to sound like i'm that guy that's ripping on the guy chopping down forests no those guys have their purpose too and and it's really important um, to be able to excel at what you do and, and strive for excellence. We're not saying don't strive for excellence. Yeah, we're not those people that are like, oh, no one should spend that much on a car. It's like, no, dude, if you earned it, go buy that cool car that you've been looking at. Exactly. And what we're saying with this balance concept is strive for excellence always. In every aspect. Though. But realize if at some point you do come up short, which you inevitably will, it's not the end of the world. You keep moving forward. You recalibrate and you move forward. And I, I love the idea of the Count of Monte Cristo, right? I mean, his spirituality was a little bit off. Well, you he was taught by a priest, say. so I don't know. No, but you know what I'm saying? He's, he's, <laughs> right, he's right. kind of consumed by revenge and everything else. Yeah. He's got the riches. He's got the socia- social aspect. He's he got can, the physicality. Yeah, he kicks bow with a sword. But he's he's been chewed up and eaten up by revenge, right? Yeah. And that's kind of the moral of the story is by the end of it, he's able to kind of spit that out of his mouth. And he becomes a more full person. So in the character arc, he becomes balanced. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really like the idea that you said, too, about if, if you've, you've got these four legs to the balance to that holds up the, t- the table of your life, so to speak. One of those gets knocked out, you've still got three, and it's probably going to work, mm-hmm. right? With two, you're probably going to fall apart. With one, you definitely will, <laughs> right? And you see that with people. You see a lot of people get to the next level, and all they do is the one thing, and they're good at that one thing, exactly. but then their life is a complete wasteland and a mess on yeah. the other three factors, you see the person, uh, you know, cons- I, I, he's kind of a personal hero of mine, so I almost hate to disparage him, but Arnold Schwarzenegger is a good example. Yeah, really great in one aspect. Well, really great in a few aspects, you could argue. Yeah. Right? He, I mean, his charisma is off the charts. So social. Right? Physical, obviously. Immigrant who came from nothing. And became governor of the biggest state in the union. The governator. The governator. <laughs> yeah. No, but what he did is he, he's social. Everybody loves him. 
his physicality is is the gold standard. Yeah, literally of bodybuilding. the best ever. Yeah, hundred percent. And then uh, he's got the mental ability as well. That's that's obvious in what he's been able to achieve. At one point, he was the highest paid actor in Hollywood, the best of the best um, in politics in his state. There's something to that. Politics suck. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> We don't necessarily agree with his crappy politics once he got in, but he was able to get elected to that level, which is saying something. But he lacked spiritually, and what that did for him is his marriage blew up. And he'll be the first one to admit it. I've seen interviews with him where he says, yeah, I messed up. And I'm not trying to use Arnold Schwarzenegger as this gold standard perfection ideal, and I'm not trying to say, you know, he ought to be perfect. Nobody is. But that's an example of you lose one of these aspects and you're depending on three, shoot, you don't, you don't have as firm of a foundation, so to speak. Yeah, and a lot of times, like, something can affect both aspects of your life because you just mentioned, like, his marriage exploding as a spiritual detriment to him, but that also falls under, like, a social de- detriment as well. Heard his huge career. one. Well, I mean, your wife or your spouse is a huge... I mean, that's a huge leg of your social life. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying you personally, but no, like I'm sure anyone. he managed his relationship with his kids and yeah. things like that. And That's and favor, we're with, not, favor with man. The thing is, is we think Arnold Schwarzenegger's freaking awesome. Yeah, that's why we probably generally use him as a uh, an ideal. <laughs> but he's uh, it's, a, it's a good example of, in some ways, how to be, and in other ways, maybe how to improve. Yeah, well. people in life are either examples or warnings. You have examples. <laughs> do what this person did. Warnings. Don't do what this person did. Like I don't know. That's what um that's what, honestly one of the aspects of uh being the youngest that's kind of nice. Yeah. Got to use me as an example at all times. Exactly. You're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate it, bro. All right. Well, anything else to add to our balance concept? Nope. Okay. Well, uh, there you have it, folks. The key to happiness, according to Mark Peterson. The first key to happiness. There is a second one. We're going to keep that secret till another time. But the first key is balance. And just a quick review. Physical, mental, spiritual, social. You keep those things in balance, or you strive to, you will have a happier, more fulfilled life. Just time to wrap up. Uh... So just want to invite everybody to join us next time to discuss off-limit topics, tough questions with a manly perspective. Out. Yay!